0: To their Screams. Greetings, ghouls and creeps, and welcome to Listen To Their Screams, a horror podcast. As always, I am one of your hosts, Dave, and I am joined by Ike. Ike, how the hell are you? You know, I'm
1: actually pretty good. I, uh, uh, Fun fact, I actually uh, learned that I like fruitcake this last
0: week. What? Fruitcake's the best. Man, I love fruitcake. People I even, shit on it, man. They do, and I don't fucking know why. Here's the thing. man. I even like the cheap-ass little brick shit. It's okay for this, but man, good fucking made fruitcake is fucking delicious. That candied fruit, that yes. is fucking amazing.
1: I love it, dude. Like the dried and candy fruit and the nuts and it's like in a cake. Yeah. I literally, I, I bought some the other day at Walmart. It was just one of those cheap blocks because I never had it. And, I, you know, you always see people in movies and TV show and in real life saying how fruitcake's disgusting and this, yeah. that, and the other. So I wanted to try it. And I was like, I really fucking love fruitcake. So. <laughs> me too.
0: And I'm always trying to get Monica to make me a fruitcake. Every year she's like, I'll make you a homemade fruitcake. Every year. It's a, it's a running gag now. Every year she does it. So I end up buying one. But I do – I love fruitcake. No one else that I know of here likes fruitcake. But, so it's like, OK, it's fine. I don't give a shit. I'll eat it all. Right. <laughs> I love fucking fruitcake. I don't I, – totally I, – I think we need to start the online movement to change the image <laughs> of fruitcake because it is such the, the, blunt, the brunt of jokes online and in movies and TV shows all the yeah. time. And fruitcake gets such a bad rap. I love it.
1: It really does. I like how we started our horror podcast talking about fruitcake.
0: <laughs> well, it's a it's a sure bet that on this show, we're going to talk primarily one of two things. Horror movies or food. Amen. I mean, we put our picture on all kinds of promotional stuff. If anybody looks at us, they know we like food. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, you you spent six weeks counting down for Thanksgiving. And, you I know, had... I mean, come on. But, yes, okay, I'm, I'm starting like the hashtag, you know, save fruitcake or something like that. I don't know what it's going to be. <laughs> But Uh fruitcake is the best. So, uh, yeah, thanks for joining us. And I hope you haven't tuned out because if you're a fruitcake hater, that's fine. Just go now. We don't want (laughs) you here anyway. No, no, no. We want you all here. We want every single one of you here. And thank you for listening. So just make sure you subscribe uh, wherever you do listen to us. And make sure you rate and review, share, do all that fun stuff and help us network. Follow us on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Letterboxd. All you got to do is look it up. Listen to Screams. Listen, the number two in Screams, and you will find us. As always, I'm just going to throw it out real quick. Thanks to Monica and Kayla. We say it every week. You put up with us. You help us with uh, our ideals. You help us with research. You help us whatever. You help us with so many things. So thank you both. We could not do it without you both. And uh, as always, uh, we'll we'll mention it again later, but we are going to give right up front a spoiler warning. This is a movie podcast. We do talk movies. Therefore, we may spoil movies. And uh, so be it. Uh, you've been warned. If there's anything we're going to discuss that you haven't seen, well, you just you're you're shit out of luck at this point. That's just the way it is. So uh, Ike, how's your week been? You uh, done anything fun? Watched anything good? What, what, what's been on your viewing calendar for this week?
1: Yeah, I mean, my week's been pretty good outside of the uh, revelation that I like fruitcake. Uh, <laughs> nothing much else has happened. Uh, watched some movies. Um, Nothing crazy. Um, I'm still watching Criminal Minds. I like to mention every week because it's so good. Um, (laughs) I've uh, I've also uh, we're still working on Fear of the Walking Dead. Uh, We finished Walking Dead, so we were kind of, you know, switching back and forth between Criminal Minds and Fear of the Walking Dead. Um, Let's see. I recently watched uh, World War Z again. Haven't watched that in a while. Um, That's a good good one. Yeah, I mean, Brad Pitt, you can't beat that. You got, Um, got
0: you got you thinking about it when we talked zombie movies last week, wasn't it?
1: It it did. It did. I actually watched, uh, went back and watched Day of the Dead, the original one from the 80s as well. After we had that conversation, I was like, man, I was like, this is such a good movie. Oh, and I also uh, recently watched uh, Home Alone, which I think, uh, depending Uh, on how uh, you uh. spin it, is kind of a horror movie.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, here's the thing. I will will bring up Home Alone again in just a bit. I I actually, uh, now that you mentioned it, there's a reference of Home Alone that you'll see what I'm talking about here in a little bit. Okay. Uh, so uh yeah, Home is a great movie. I like Home Alone. I, I don't give two shits about any of the sequels and whatever else. They're they're not as good. Um I mean they're okay. The second one's not bad, but yeah, that first one's a classic. Um I haven't watched it in a while. Maybe I'll have to watch it too. It's a great Christmas movie to watch. Oh, yeah. Um and uh you you talk about criminal minds. I've not started watching the new the reboot or whatever you want to call it criminal minds. Monica has, she rate is raving on it. Uh she, really? she she yeah, she's loving it. Uh she she very much likes and I, I, I usually do too. When a show is is a, a network show and then it's picked up on a streaming service for those limited runs, because it opens up the matter She watches shows like uh, Seal Team, uh, it, I, and there's a couple others that have got that you know picked up by a, a streaming service. The Criminal Minds is one too. Like she mentioned in one of the episodes of this, the Criminal Minds reboot, Rossi drops an f bomb, and she's oh, it, it happened. She was like, "Whoa!" You know, kind of blew her mind there for a moment. <laughs> and uh, and uh, I like that too, though, because I like what the one of the things I like best when they do a streaming service, a little you know, limited series type deal or whatever you want to call It's how they can take one story arc and really dig in and expand it over several episodes. Instead of having to be contained in, in like a weekly episode. I think it gives them a lot of room to, to where if it's done well. And, uh, but she's raving on that. So I, I've got to watch that sometime too. Um, of course, you know, I'm still trying to watch American horror story. I'm still trying to watch fear the Walk of the walking dead. The bad thing is this time of year, I get so sidetracked by other stuff because yeah. uh, seasonal stuff, you know, Christmas movies and and whatnot. One thing that I got sidetracked this week is since we watched, we're going to review a couple of movies today. I'm going to review uh, violent night. I got to go watch that in theaters. So I'm going to do a quick review of that. But we're going to review together silent night, deadly night. And that spawning out of that, I, I went through a rabbit hole was fucking, I want to start watching the sequels because I don't know how much of the sequels I've ever watched. So I have actually watched two through four. Also, I just totally went down a rabbit hole. And, um, we're not really reviewing them. Two's not too bad. Three is eh. Four? I don't even know what the fuck that is. I watched four, and I'm like, what? Is, this has nothing. I don't even know what the hell this is. It's got Clint Howard in it, which is kind of funny. <laughs> but I'm like, this doesn't tie back to anything, and it's not even Christmassy. Or, I, I, I don't know what four is. Now, five, I think it's got Mickey Rooney in it, and it's called The Toymaker. So I'm kind of looking forward to that. And then there's a remake of the first one, which I'm kind of looking forward to watching that. But I haven't got to those yet. Uh, let's see. What else I watch this week? I, I finished the netflix series wednesday highly recommend it again it is great it is doing spectacular i've heard it's like their third highest watched series of all time um it's great i love it Uh, i watched uh from 1980 i watched christmas evil that's very very creepy uh pretty good movie and then uh yeah spawning out of last week in our discussion from 1972 i watched who slew auntie rue and um man i don't know it was kind of it was pretty creepy and weird and I don't know what to say about it, but I I, I enjoyed it. It was fun, but uh, I, I chuckled through the entire thing thinking of it, that title, "Who slew Auntie Roo?" But, it uh, sounds
1: like a nursery rhyme.
0: Well, you know, the whole thing's kind of based out of spins out of the uh, Hansel and Gretel, so it's kind of a fairy taleish type thing. Uh, so, yeah. um, it's pretty good though, not bad. I, I kind of you know I recommend it as a seasonal horror movie to watch. Uh, it, it's a fun thing. And uh, as I always say, though, you know what else is fun like? Games are fun. So let's play our top three. Top three. <laughs> all right. And our top three in this episode is we are going to discuss our top three favorite 80s slasher movies. Now, before we dive into it, first of all, this was fucking hard. This was yes. so hard. And my responses are not as original this week because I just couldn't, I could not skip over my obvious choices. And the hard part was narrowing it down. I I could have easily made a top 10 and still struggle because 80s slasher movies. That's, that is my bread and butter that those are my favorite type of horror movies. And it's so hard to narrow it down. But before we really get into this, I thought, you know, what would be good sometimes when we do things like this, uh, whether it be the top three or, or whether when we're reviewing a movie is let's give a little insight to the people to the people the listeners on because i you know a lot of people may not know and sometimes i don't what these what these genres of horror are right what what yeah. makes these things so so i looked this up i looked it up on several sites and cross referenced and we'll we'll discuss whether we agree um this is how i have seen overall people define a slasher film it is a horror subgenre that meets certain criteria including that it has an effective killer a high body count and a non-firearms weapon or has non-firearm weapons. Now, most people agree it, it really needs to contain those three things. Now there are five other points that people I mean it's weird when you go in the internet. They argue this stuff, right? Which is obvious. Yeah. But they a lot of people say that they, they also need to contain some people say they need to contain all or some of these in various arguments and descriptions. They need to have a final girl gory kill scenes, teenagers, small towns or an isolated setting, and a revenge-driven uh, backstory for the killer. Now, I don't know if I agree that a slasher movie needs to contain any or all of those five, necessarily. I, that The first three, I think that, that makes a slasher movie. I think that's enough to define a slasher movie. I think most of them, yes, probably contain multiple aspects or the variant of the other five, and sometimes that adds to it. Maybe... You know, they they fall into those tropes and they include them, but like, right. what do you think? If you had to define a slasher movie, how, how much of that would you agree with?
1: In in my opinion, because here's the deal: I, I am a slasher fiend. I love slasher movies. Slasher is probably one of my favorite horror genres. To me, as a slasher film is when you have, and I do agree that it, it is a it is typically because there are obviously exceptions to the rule. Sometimes there are multiple killers, but there is typically one primary. Um, like you said, revenge motivated killer. I, I do kind of agree with the revenge plot. I, I think that typically the killer is generally motivated by revenge, um, but some other form of motivation uh, would work as well. But I, I would say some form of motivated, effective killer, and I agree, cannot be a gun. If it is a firearm yes. exclusively, um then it's no longer a slasher film. It, it's a mass
0: shooter. Um, I mean, it's, it's in the name, right? Slasher, right? Exactly. It, it, it's 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 typically some kind of blunt bladed type weapon you're slashing, so to speak. It's it's more cutting, not shooting or whatever, you know, in a general sense. So, yeah, I, I agree with that, too. When you talk revenge driven, though, I mean, revenge is a weird word, right? I mean, I don't know if it's revenge is maybe the right word, because let's talk like Michael Myers. Is he really revenge driven? Not necessarily. It, right. It's not it really a revenge, Right. But there's yeah, yeah. there's a motivation. There's something right. motivating. And, right, like Michael Myers, what was it typically? I, he's trying to get home. That was one of his biggest driving forces, right, I would say. I know they did the Laurie Strode, right, but they never really explain. I don't know. I mean, I guess to a certain extent, right, he's – I mean – is it yeah, revenge? I, That's a weird I, word. Yeah, I think because if you if you go
1: into the revenge aspect, I do disagree at the point that it explicitly has to be revenge. I think that revenge is the most common motivation because you look at things like Friday the 13th, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Um, you know, a lot of these slashers are revenge motivated. But yes. I think that you have a good point that if you go explicitly revenge motivated, then you basically wipe off probably, I would say, the most prolific slasher villain which is michael myers but yes. i think that it has to be some form of motivation it cannot be yeah, senseless because yeah. i i don't i think senseless kind of goes into a different vein maybe but there is always some kind of motivation i believe
0: yeah so so let's bring it to the next point then if there's a motivation that let's talk let's talk probably the most uh talked about recent slasher movie what about the terrifier movies what is art the clown's motivation uh
1: sadism he he is motivated okay. by his his bloodthirst.
0: <laughs> I would agree. I also agree. Also think that more of the motivation might be revealed in in the because there's yeah. clearly going to be a third movie. I think there's more to that story. We will see because I I really think the movie was written bigger scope, and it's just not really fully been revealed. But I think that is true also. I think the drive can purely be because you can tell you can clearly tell in art the clown sense that uh his kills and what he does it's a uh, there's a great pleasure it's not just the kill it's not the kill per se it's how the kill is done and the yeah. exploration, there's a dissection almost in some of those kills and he clearly takes a joy in that but i still hold true that there's something there's something there there's more to the art the clown story uh that we haven't seen yet that i think will be further explored in the next movie um so there that, that's okay so there we have it, kind of an overview of what uh, you know, we feel a slasher is and what a slasher is. I think we'll dive into that kind of stuff a little more and, and when that comes up in our discussions, on whether it be top three, whether it be a movie review, where we will discuss and give a little description, definition, so to speak, of these uh, genres. Because here's the thing. We, we talked about gatekeeping several episodes yeah. ago. And when someone's new to something or maybe not even new, it doesn't even necessarily have to be new. But if there's if they lack any sort form of a knowledge of something that they're into or interested in, it is sometimes difficult to seek out help and, and to seek out these discussions because there's a fear of ridicule. Right. And someone could, that they could profess themselves to be a horror fan, if they're talking with people or online w- without straight up just Googling and looking up a definition, it might be hard to discuss these things to find out you know, what a genre or subgenre is or whatever, because they might be afraid. If someone's going to mock them, oh, you're not really a horror fan, then if you don't know what a slasher – fuck that shit. We went into that one episode. Fuck that. I don't give a shit. Here's the thing, and we may never get this or whatever, but if somebody's out there listening and is a fan of horror movies and you don't – you're curious about something and maybe you don't know, fucking reach out to us. If we know, we'll help you. We'll talk. I don't care. No one's going to ridicule you here. So anyway, that's – I think we're going to do that. We're going to kind of drop some definitions like that. And maybe it'll provoke some some discussion out there on on social media of of what, like in this case, what other people think uh, are the elements of a slasher film. Right. But we got sidetracked from the game. We've laid down the definition. (laughs) Are you ready to discuss our top three favorite 80s slasher movies?
1: I'm as ready as I'll ever be.
0: And the key word is favorite here, people. Remember that we don't we're not saying these are best per se. Whatever. This is just our personal favorites. So, Ike, go ahead. What is your number three top favorite, excuse me, number three favorite 80s slasher (laughs) movie?
1: I am going to go with the Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part 2. Texas Chainsaw Part 2, it is silly, it is goofy, it is fun. Um, It is just, it's stupid. Um, it, It has no relation to any of the other Texas Chainsaw movies. Um, just in case you guys are curious you guys can watch it on hbo max uh but it came out in 1986 it is by and large i think my favorite texas chainsaw other than the original um just because of how goofy and campy it is and it's just oh man it, it chuckles every time but it's also got that little bit of a horror bloody feel to it and it is very 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 80s
0: yeah i, I love the the texas chainsaw massacre movies uh that's a very very good choice of course the first one uh, is a classic, but I'm pretty sure the first one dies back into the 70s, which disqualifies it from our 80s discussion. So, uh, lots of sequels I think might come up in this discussion. Uh, my number three is is a uh, is a sequel, and uh, anybody here's my thing. Anybody that knows me are not going to be surprised by any of my movies, and actually most listeners may not be even surprised by these because I discuss these movies or I bring them up quite a bit. My number three is one of my favorites, Nightmare on Elm Street Part Three: Dream Warriors from 1987. Uh, I, I cannot express again how much I love this movie. I know it's cheesy. I know it's campy. I, it's Nightmare on Elm Street though. What is what is people what do people think it is going to be? I mean we're talking about a guy that haunts your dreams. I love I love everything about this movie. <laughs> it is so fun to watch. Uh I I I laugh. I I I jump. Everything about this movie. Uh I love. It is one of my my you know whatever you want to call it, pleasure movies that I just sometimes when I just want something on, I throw on Uh, definitely one of my favorites and uh, I I'm ranking it as my number three 80s slasher movie. Um, I I know, I know you're a dream warriors fan as well. Aren't you?
1: Yeah, I I love dream warriors. I will say it did not make my list, Um, but I, I I would have to agree that um, speaking just from a general aspect, if you're looking for like best sequels to an original film, dream warriors is probably hands down one of the best horror movie sequels of all time um dream warriors has the campiness it has the fred krueger quips and cliches it has the 80s cheese that you just love and it just all around i, I think dream warriors it, it probably is in my top 10 i would say 80s movies like 80s slasher movies um but yeah no it's it's great i love it i love any nightmare on Elm street though
0: <laughs> I, actually i do too me as well and it's that's why i said it's very hard to narrow it because literally, when I'm thinking through this, there were several nightmares that came up. I'm like, oh, what about this one? What about that one? But I, so if I but if I had to pick one, it, it typically goes back to Dream Warriors for me. So like, what's your number two?
1: My numero dose is Friday Thirteenth, the final chapter. Um, that's a uh, number four. I think we've talked about this a little bit before. How you know, to me, the de facto like Jason uh, Friday Thirteenth is number four um you know it's cory feldman um it's the hockey mask the machete you know just that version of jason is is my version of jason and i was originally going to say um one of the other versions like uh part five is that the one where he comes back right um or part six maybe part six where, is jason lives that's yeah, where he so comes I, back yeah I was gonna say Jason Lives or even Part Eight where Jason takes Manhattan because I love both of those movies Oh too. yeah, I like that one too. <laughs> but I had to go with the def- my definitive Jason, which is uh, Part Four, the final chapter, in my opinion.
0: Well, that is very ironic because my number two is my definitive Jason, which is Friday the Thirteenth Part Three from 1982. That that is my default Jason. I love Part Three. Don't get me wrong, I love Part Four as well, and I, I absolutely loved Jason Takes Manhattan. Uh, so th- there's that toss-up where all three of those could be. Somewhere up in that mix in my top ten uh, 80s slasher films. But when I when I default to a Friday the 13th and, and what pops to mind for whatever reason, it is it is part three. So that is my number two, Friday the 13th, part three from 1982. That brings us to our number ones. Ike, what is your number one 80s favorite 80s slasher movie? Oh, boy. So
1: this one was hard. I, I went back and forth so much, and there were so many movies that I love. But there is one movie, and I would almost call this a guilty pleasure because I love the original of this. But there's just something about the second one that just has just something about it. But I chose 1988 Sleepaway Camp 2 Unhappy Campers. <laughs> I, I just don't get me wrong. I think that the de facto uh, Angela will always be our darling and i'm f- totally forgetting her name
0: um Mrs. springsteen what i can't remember yeah. her first name
1: or no pamela uh. springsteen is in part two um but i think that the, the who is in part one that's uh oh,
0: Felisa rose
1: yes i think yeah, Felicia rose one of my horror crushes the, <laughs> i think Felisa <laughs> rose is the de facto angela in my opinion pamela springsteen is great but there's just something so cheesy about part two and it just it makes me happy um and it has all these different nods to the other horror genres and horror films and stuff. And it's just, it's great. I love it.
0: See again. So odd. You said that because my number one favorite 80 slasher movie is the original sleep away camp from 1983 <laughs> <laughs> that I love that movie. I, I, that is one movie that when I first watched it literally kind of blew my mind a little bit because I, I didn't see the ending coming the way it did. I, uh, I don't know. The first time I watched it, I legit thought Angela was, yeah, was, I thought she was going to be, she was a killer, but I didn't expect, I didn't expect the twist that, 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 uh, that, that, that little penal twist uh, that isn't tied to that. <laughs> so uh, I love that movie. I love Felicia Rose. Um, she is fantastic. And uh, so, yeah, it's such a fun movie to watch. It is very definitively eighties. And uh, I mean, it's, you know, it's in a camp. It's, it's got, you know, a killer. It's, it is everything 80s slasher should be. So my number one, is Sleepaway Camp, the, the first one from 1983. Uh, it's kind of funny that we both had a Friday the 13th at 2 and then Sleepaway <laughs> Camp at 1. Uh, very, very humorous, and I swear to God, we did not plan that ahead of time. We do not discuss these ahead of time. So, uh, pretty cool, pretty cool. So, let's take a break. And when we come back, we will talk news and upcoming releases. Listen to their screens is now a Fangoria collaborator. Get 20% off your order at shop.fangoria.com by using the promo code Listen to Screams at checkout. That is Listen to Number Two and Screams. Or you can click the link in the show notes. All right, and we are back. Uh, we like to point out in the news section. We always, if we can, we always like to point out an upcoming convention of some sort uh, because we're big supporters of conventions. I'm looking forward to, to getting out to some horror conventions in the coming year. Um, And I'm looking forward to maybe down the road a little bit as the podcast continues to grow and expand that maybe uh, maybe we'll make some appearances and have some booze at uh, some horror conventions here and there and and try to spread the word. We'll see. But an upcoming convention that is happening January 6th through 8th, 2023 is uh, the Fan Expo in New Orleans. It is at the New Orleans Ernest M. Morial Center. You can join tens of thousands of fans who are just like you and experience the ultimate playground for comics, sci-fi, horror, anime and gaming. I love all those things. (laughs) Uh, Three days of citywide events, family friendly attractions and world renowned celebrities await. Uh, So far, they have scheduled horror guests that include Sam Raimi and Joseph Quinn. Uh, I would I'd love to see both those guys uh, very, very much. Uh, You know, I I love Sam Raimi and Joseph Quinn. Uh, I mean, I love Eddie from Stranger Things as one of my favorite characters uh, from that series. (laughs) <laughs> uh, so if you're in the New Orleans area, uh, not to mention the fact that Orleans is just a kick-ass town. That's such a fun town. It is. Uh, so that that convention is January 6th through 8th, 2023. Uh, some toys and merchandise coming up. Uh, <laughs> for some reason, it is, it is the holiday season. So, of course, there is plenty of uh, – of uh, what do you call it? Plenty of novelty chia pets out there. And apparently available from Walmart and on Amazon, there is now a Michael Myers chia pet. It's the Michael Myers from Halloween 2. I saw a picture of this, and uh, yeah, Michael looks a little weird with kind of a bushy afro type head, the Bob <laughs> Ross kind of hair. Uh, but yeah, so if Chia Pet's are your thing, or if you're just a huge Halloween fan, uh, there is a Michael Myers Chia Pet out there now. And if you go to BigBadToyStore.com, you can pre-purchase uh, a Silence of the Lamb Buffalo Bills Body Lotion T-shirt. Uh, this everything about this just made me chuckle. Uh, it is based on the 1991 Silence of the Lambs horror movie. It's a T-shirt from the American classics that features the infamous death head moth and style with Buffalo Bills lotion in the ominous quote. This shirt is made of 100 percent ring spun, high quality cotton, making it the perfect addition to your wardrobe. That is those are not my words. That is their their copy. Uh, but, uh, I, you know, I love Silence of the Lambs. It's a great, great movie. And I, I have to say that Buffalo Bills, one of the best parts of that movie. Yeah. So if you put the uh, feel like putting the lotion on the skin, uh, get yourself a Buffalo Bills body lotion T-shirt. Uh, some upcoming birthdays on December 8th. Uh, Rick Baker, who's a Academy Award winner for his makeup on an American werewolf in London. And he also did the makeup for the Thriller video. Uh, both those are just are monumental, monumental as far as makeup goes. Uh, of course, here recently was the 40th anniversary of the release of the Thriller album. Hmm. And, and that means it, and also the near recent, even more near recent, excuse me, is the 40th anniversary of the release of the Thriller video as a child in 1982. I remember it being an event. We went to a uh, friends of my parents' house because they went and played cards a lot. And they had two daughters who were – they were they're were a little older than me at that time. But this was such a huge event that they were there, and I was there. And we were sitting in front of the TV waiting for MTV for this premiere of the thriller video. And that's, that's how big it was. People were glued. And it was – it's amazing. It's like a mini movie. Have you ever seen the thriller video, Ike? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It is it is literally like a mini movie. It is it is amazing. Um, so, yeah, Rick Baker uh, did the uh, makeup for that. And then uh, Miley Nurmi, who is a.k.a. Vampira, was born on December 11th, 1922. She is the first female horror hostess. Uh, very iconic, uh, very copied uh, over the years. I mean, Elvira <laughs> is very, very much, uh, you know, inspired by her. Uh, In an anniversary of a movie coming up on December 9th, 1983, Christine, based on the Stephen King book, was released. uh, When we discussed our favorite Stephen King movies a few episodes ago, Christine was in my top three. I love this movie. Uh, Absolutely incredible. And then, of course, we had to uh, give an in-memory. Kirstie Alley passed away on December 5th. Uh, She, of course, was in Cheers, among many other things, but starred in John Carpenter's Village of the Damned, along with Christopher Reeves uh you know uh, kirstie alley you know i know she's been a little controversial recently with uh you know scientology and, and political views and whatnot. and i'm not here to discuss any of that stuff but as an actress there's no denying uh her impact and her work and uh you know for that uh you know we we'll, you know everybody should uh tip their hat a little bit for her career and the loss of her uh, and some upcoming releases uh it, there if you're looking for uh something seasonal to watch there's an episode of american horror story in season two episode eight it's called unholy night you can watch it on hulu and amazon prime with subscriptions of course and a it is a murderous santa wreaks havoc on the asylum Mike, you've watched uh american horror story do you remember this episode
1: i do i do um yeah i can't it's from the second season which is asylum um i do remember that episode i'm having a hard time recalling um why santa was at the asylum but i do remember the episode i remember it was pretty good
0: (laughs) (laughs) oh and coming up i've not i've not got there yet i'm in season two actually this is probably just a couple episodes away from where i'm from so uh, i'm almost there almost there maybe i'll get to watch it this holiday season (laughs) Uh, some upcoming releases on streaming on december 9th to Shudder is christmas bloody christmas Uh, this movie did have a very limited theatrical release last week Uh, In the film, it's Christmas Eve and fiery record store owner Tori Toombs, who is played by Riley Dandy, just wants to get drunk and party. (laughs) That's what we all want to do until the robotic Santa Claus at a nearby toy store goes haywire and makes her night more than a little complicated. Santa Claus begins a rampant killing spree through the neon drenched snowscape against a backdrop of drugs, sex, metal and violence, ultimately forcing Tori into a blood splattered survival. For survival against the ruthless, heavy metal Saint Nick himself. This movie sounds extraordinarily fun. I cannot wait to watch this on Shudder on December 9th. And this movie is one of our reviews next episode. We will be reviewing Christmas Bloody Christmas, available December 9th on Shudder. Uh, I am all about the Christmas horror, and I can't wait to see this one. Uh, And also coming up, I just announced uh, today that as far as I know, uh, I, I had to throw this in there for you primarily because you, you've you discussed this in the past. Uh, they have announced, uh, Showtime has announced that season two of Yellow Jackets will be premiering on March 24th, 2023. So you can now put it on your calendar and you can do like your Thanksgiving countdown to season two <laughs> of Yellow Jackets. It's announced it's coming. Uh, and there you go, Ike, just for you.
1: Amen. I'm excited. I, I, I haven't seen the teaser yet, but there's like a 10 second teaser out there. So I'm pretty pumped.
0: Yes, and coming up to theaters on December 9th in theaters is The Mean One. Uh, in the audacious, audacious new parody, The Mean One, who is played by Terrifier and Terrifier 2's uh, David Howard Thornton, is a hairy, green-skinned grump in a Santa suit living on the mountain high above the town of Newville. And he, of course, despises the holiday season. And young Cindy You-Know-Who, played by Crystal Martin, uh, her parents were butchered by The Mean One 20 Christmases earlier, and she is returning to the town to seek closure. But when the mean one launches a new reign of terror that threatens to destroy Christmas, Cindy finds a bold new purpose, trapping and killing the monster. I am sold. I uh, I love the Grinch. I think the Grinch will parlay perfectly over to a horror movie. And when uh, under the makeup and the costume and whatever else, if you put uh, Art the Clown's David Howard Thornton under there, that I'm definitely sold. Uh, I, how excited are you to watch the mean one? I'm actually
1: pretty pumped. I, I, I've tried to avoid any like me- media or material surrounding this just because I feel like everybody and their mother's been covering this because, um, you know, the Grinch became uh, what's the what is it? It become uh, public domain. Right. So that's yes, why they're the yeah. right. That's why they've been able to turn it into a horror movie. So everybody and their mother's been reporting on this. So I've been trying to avoid all of that because I want to watch the movie and just like enjoy it. And I just know that I'm going to because, like you said, David. Howard Thornton is a is a monster. He he is so good as Arthur Clown, so I'm excited to see him as the Grinch, or I should say the Mean One.
0: Yeah, this I mean this is kind of the latest in the streak of these public domain horror movies coming out. There's the Winnie the Pooh uh, horror movie that's still coming up. I believe there's there's talks that there's going to be a Bambi horror movie coming up or something like that. There's (laughs) several of these that I keep hearing being discussed, and uh, I'm all about it. Sounds fun to me, and of course a movie that's recently online been talked about a bunch. Uh Skinamarink has been announced to come out on uh, January 13th, 2023 in theaters. And then it will be a Shudder exclusive uh, sh- soon after that in 2023. And uh, the description of this movie says the film follows two children who wake up in the night to find their dad is missing, along with all the doors and windows in their house. They play well-worn videotapes of cartoons to fill the silence of the house and distract from the frightening and inexplicable situation all the while in the hopes that eventually some grownups will come to rescue them. However, after a while, it becomes clear that something is watching over them. This movie, unfortunately has been out in the news because people have been watching and getting screeners and everything and have put it out and and shared it and whatever else. And I I hate that shit, man, come on, don't do that. And um, so that's, that's a very negative aspect of why it's been talked about, but the movie has been from everything I've read is terrifying. It is, is freaky, it is scary, whatever else. And I will be – I'm very, very glad to say that we have actually – we have got a screener link to this to watch and, and have been asked to watch and review it on our show. So I'm very excited about that. And uh, we're also going to watch this, and we're also going to review this on our next episode. Uh, I know it doesn't come out till January, but I don't want to wait. I want to get on it <laughs> and uh, go ahead and review it. And uh, we will try not to spoil too much when we watch it, but uh, I have a feeling – that we're both going to pretty much, we're going to very much enjoy this. It sounds like something uh, completely in our wheelhouse. Like, have you seen all the all, all the online uh, chatter and stuff about the the leaked late, late, uh screener links and showings and whatnot of this of Skin and Rink? Yeah,
1: no, absolutely. Um, here, here's the deal. Um, I, I again, this is another one of those that uh, my wife actually <laughs> uh, told me about, um, and I and I tried to avoid a lot of like again like spoilers and stuff, but I have been seeing a lot of stuff about people leaking in and stuff. And here's the deal. I don't condone um, people, you know, leaking this stuff or illegally downloading it. But if you are going to illegally download it, go illegally down like a Marvel movie or something, because obviously Marvel's not going to miss the money. <laughs> Skinamarink Skin is it's literally like an independent film. It's being created by an independent film company in house. It's being housed by shutter, which shutter despite some of its flaws has been fantastic for the independent horror community. And they don't deserve their money stolen as much as like people, like I'm not going to say it again. Marvel deserves their money to be stolen. You know, it's like, I don't know. I I have, it's like Robin hood. You know what I mean? Steal from the people who deserve to be stolen from, you know what
0: I mean? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's, the worst thing is like, yes, if you're you're gonna steal you're stealing from someone who who doesn't have much to steal to begin with. I mean, that's just even double doubly despicable exactly, uh, but like I said, we got a screener. we will not share that. We will not uh, leak that. We will watch it for ourselves, and that will be that. uh but we are we're gonna do our part here to to review this movie. we're gonna plug this movie, we're gonna push this movie. I feel like we're gonna enjoy it. so we're gonna do our part to support this movie and and help it combat this leak. And uh, hopefully it's successful because again, it, all horror that's successful helps the entire genre, right? Yep. The more that these movies are successful, the more that we will get these movies. And um, I mean, look at look at the Terrifier movie, a Terrifier two. It was made on a low budget. It's an independent film, whatever else. It became huge, and and you know, it, it, when you leak stuff, you're you're taking that opportunity for the next movie to be that big breakthrough. And uh, you know, so that's not cool. Not cool at all. Uh, and again, we're reviewing a lot of Christmas horror this month on the show. But if you're looking for something else uh, to watch uh, this Christmas season, try Red Christmas from 2016. It is starring D. Wallace, who, who of course, was from E.T., Cujo and many other movies. Uh, it's an Australian made movie. It says a family gathers together to celebrate Christmas. Amidst the celebrations, a mysterious cloaked stranger known as Cletus arrives to the house and is taken in. Due to his strange behavior, he is eventually forced to leave. Um, and there's a, a in the description here. It tells some other things. I'm not going to read all this because it actually kind of gives some things away. <laughs> so I'm not going to read all that. Uh, but, yeah, give it a try. Like I said, we will continue to plug some Christmas horror that we're not reviewing uh, because I know there's been a lot of online. People are just eating up Christmas horror right now and trying to yeah. share uh, what they should watch. So uh, give that a shot. I've never seen this movie. Like, have you ever seen it? I've actually not seen it, um,
1: but uh, based on the description you just gave and what I see here in our notes, uh, I 100 percent want to watch it. So I'll have to go find it.
0: Yeah, me, too. I I plan to watch it. I I love Dee Wallace. I I really, really like her. Uh, So, yeah, I'll give it a shot. So go out there and watch Red Christmas. Uh, But we're going to pause for a moment. And when we come back, uh, we're going to do our movie reviews for Violent Night and Silent Night, Deadly Night. Remember. In the course of discussing movies, the host will spoil lots. You've been warned. Okay, we are back with our reviews. We're going to do just a quick review on Violent Night, uh, the new release that's in theaters now. Uh, Ike did not get to go see this because of his work schedule and everything else, but I did. I went and saw it. Uh, The description of the movie says when a group of mercenaries attack the estate of a wealthy family, Santa Claus must step in to save the day and Christmas. Of course, it is starving, uh, starring, starving, starring David Harbour from Stranger Things, John Leguizamo from The Menu and many, many other movies. And of course, Beverly D'Angelo was also in the film. I'm not going to give too much away about the movie because I really would like people to go out and watch it in the theaters. But I have to say it was a very I loved it. It was a fun, fun, fun movie. Now, here's my thing, though. Going back to our earlier discussion of the description and definition of a slasher film and everything else. This movie, I don't know. I don't know if I quantify it and call it a horror movie. I And I don't know why I thought it would be more of a horror movie. It is definitely got a lot of kills. There are definitely there's some gore. There's definitely a lot of violence. But here's the thing. It's it's more of a kind of a revved up action movie with some comedy. Uh, the the comedy is not over the top. It's not like, you know, annoying or anything like that. But. The weird thing is, I mean, kind of the primary killer of the movie is Santa, the yeah. good guy. Right. It's not a killer. Now, there is a bad guy. There is a, you know, whatever you want to call it, an ultimate you know boss battle between Santa and the bad guy. But the bad guy doesn't doesn't really kill a lot of people in this movie. And uh, he has, you know, henchmen. They kill a few people but the body count is Santa killing the bad guys (laughs) and all his henchmen. So I guess in the weird way, it is kind of the same, but it's like, there's not a, a villain killer. There's, it's more of a good guy killer. And, um, and he is definitely driven. He's trying to save Christmas. He's trying to save a little girl primarily that is in this house. Um, so some of the same motivations are there. So it's weird. It's one of those movies. I don't know what quite to call it. Um, But, uh, any way you want to call it, I I did enjoy the movie. It is a fun watch. It was definitely worth going to a theater to watch. I I very much enjoyed it. Um, And I would highly recommend anybody else going to watch it uh, in the theater and then picking it up on streaming when it comes out later. Uh, If I had to rate it, I would probably give it a good three and a half uh, screams out of five. Um, Mm. I'm not saying it's this really super great movie, but it's a little better than average for me. It's a fun movie it will definitely be one of those movies that i think i will probably watch every christmas season um i, I love david harbor and he does a great great job santa santa and this has got a, he's got a little bit of the bad santa side to him uh, he's he he likes to drink <laughs> he's uh, a <laughs> and, and everything else and uh, it's a fun movie it's a fun movie and i would highly advise anybody to go watch it uh so let's get to the main event here we're going to talk silent night deadly night from 1984 uh, this movie is available to rent on Vudu, Prime, and Apple TV. It's a hard movie uh to find. We uh I was actually planning to just purchase it, but you can't purchase it on Vudu, you can only rent it. It's weird. Uh and it's not really streaming uh for free anywhere out there. So you got to pay to rent it, but I, I would advise you uh, to do or or I guess you could probably go out and find the physical media of it if you like to, if you do that kind of thing. Well, also, uh, it's
1: it is for free. I, I, I meant to tell you this the other day. I found it for free on archive.org. So it is on the Internet oh, okay. for free, too. So it is I think it's public domain. I would
0: say. Uh, yeah. See, I, I I never look on there. I always look, on, the, you know, just I do the search on the TV, on the streaming server, all the the apps and stuff. And I always forget about stuff like that. So. So there you go. If, if you don't want to rent it. Uh, yeah. Go to archive.org and uh, you can watch it there. Uh, but let's yeah, Let's give a little background on the movie before we discuss our opinions. Uh, The movie was marketed as a psychological slasher movie, kind of as opposed to just a horror slasher movie. Um, The movie is about little Billy who witnesses his parents getting killed by a Santa after being warned by his senile grandpa that Santa punishes those who are naughty. Uh, Now Billy is 18 and out of the orphanage, and he has just become Santa himself. Uh, Some background on the movie. It opened on the same weekend as A Nightmare on Elm Street, the first movie from 1984. And uh, in that first weekend of stuff, uh, it, it was actually outgrossing. Nightmare on Elm Street, uh, a little over almost one hundred sixty thousand dollars. Now, this movie was playing in almost twice as many theaters as Nightmare. So there is that. But still. Uh, so after that, though, there was a lot of controversy that surrounded this movie. <laughs> and uh, we'll get to that here in a minute. Uh, but parents, yeah, they started protesting the movie, thinking it would ruin Christmas. And a lot of this was centered around the advertising. Uh, this is how it really got got the attention of parents and, and whatever. Uh, The ads really kind of depict Santa It looked where it looked like Santa was a serial killer. Right. And apparently there was a lot of kids who were being frightened by these ads. And these ads were airing in prime time. And so parents started signing petitions and started picketing theaters. And uh, the movie only had a theatrical run of just a little over a week. So it kind of killed the movie uh, very, very quickly. It was it was pulled Uh, when the film was film was being produced uh, in production uh, and everything. It was known as Slay Ride, S-L-A-Y-R-I-D-E, which I, I think is a very clever name. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> TriStar decided to change the name to Silent Night, Daily Night at the last minute. I, I just think Slay Ride to me is so clever. I, I I love that. I don't know what it is. That play on words just makes me chuckle. Uh, Gene Siskel, of course, the infamous uh, uh, movie critic was Siskel and Ebert, uh, protested the film and on his show with Ebert he read out loud the names of the companies that owned distributor tristar pictures and uh then after he was done he said shame on you he also called out the writer director and producer and he said you people have nothing to be proud of and uh Roger Ebert said that any money made was quote unquote blood buddy now Cisco and Ebert did not like horror movies they they pretty much bashed every horror movie uh they were you know they They were a little highfalutin in their movie picks, you know, and and what have you. So uh, take that with a grain of salt. Now, many TV stations pulled the ads for the movie, but those that didn't put the ads real late in the midnight hour uh, to try to avoid kids seeing them. Uh, Some movie posters for the film featured a long text preamble that read, if a nightmare on Elm Street gave you sleepless nights or if Halloween made you jump in every shadow or if Friday the 13th was more frightening than the others, then beware. Uh, I'm not sure what that's supposed to be. I guess they're trying to say that this is scarier than those movies. And that's <laughs> what they're, they're trying to imply, I suppose. Uh, there was a soundtrack of, of, I think it was 10 to 12 original songs that were written for the movie and recorded. It was never released until like 2014. Uh, when it was put out as a re-release with the, the score for the movie and, and stuff like that. Um, again, this movie is really most known. It's it's spent, like I said earlier, spent a lot of sequels. There's like four sequels and a remake that's out there. Uh, the the movie is really most remembered for the the controversy and the protesting and the picketing that parents did at the theaters. But Ike, uh, let's jump into it on our opinions and our talk and our reviews of the movie. Uh, what did you think of Silent Night Deadly Night?
1: Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> so I kind of went into this um, with, with kind of the thought process, you know, hey, this is going to be a Christmas horror movie. You know, expectations managed. Um, I, I do that a lot with Christmas horror movies, just because. You know, and, and obviously no offense to the good Christmas horror movies, but Christmas is one of the weaker holidays, I think, when it comes to like horror movies, because more often than not, if you make a Christmas horror movie, um, it's going to be cheesy. You know what I mean? Typically, you look at some of these Christmas horror movies and they're just cheesy, they're goofy, whatever. Uh, but, you know, I watched this movie and I got to say it, it probably like the first like 30 minutes of the movie is probably one of the most fucked up backstories for a serial killer that I've ever heard in my life. I mean, you know, and obviously this movie came out in the eighties. So if we're spoiling for you, I'm sorry. You watch it, I guess 30 years too, too late. Too bad. <laughs> but I mean, it literally, the first 30 minutes of the movie, we start off with, what, what's his name? Billy, right? Um, Billy. Yeah. Ho- homeboy. Uh, first of all, he, he's taken to like a nursing home where like his grandpa's like faking being like, completely like you know on you know he can't talk or whatever he's faking and his grandpa just scares the absolute shit out of him telling him that santa's gonna like punish him severely or something and then like whole does this whole like preamble where like this guy is dressed up in a santa costume and like murders his mother and father in cold blood right in front of him and then he goes into a i what i would assume is a catholic like
0: what is orphanage. it the, orphanage yeah, an orphanage yeah.
1: And he is mentally and physically abused repeatedly in this fucking orphanage. And then and on top of that, he's thrown out into the workforce um, with essentially no prepared skills other than being physically fit. So I just. Like at this point, can you blame him for doing what he did? I, I mean, this guy's <laughs> been repeatedly just, I mean, uh, just sh- Christmas shoved in his face, constantly being triggered by his, the murder of his parents. You know, he's been forcing him to sit on Santa's lap. Motherfucker, Santa, Santa murdered his, ki- his parents. Like, what the <laughs> hell? So. First and foremost, that was great. Uh, it, it definitely evoked a very visceral visceral emotion, especially in today's day and age, where we know a lot more about mental health. And this movie, in my opinion, was pretty smart about it. It really played up on like the trauma and like the development of a serial killer, because if somebody told me that this happened in real life, I would 100 percent understand why that person went ahead and killed somebody. Yeah. Um, and the kills were good. There was some creativity. Um, there was a scene where somebody got impaled on the antlers of a mounted <laughs> deer head, which was pretty cool. Um, and also, they kept it really based and in, in reality, because Billy wasn't some superhuman uh, murderer. I mean, he had strength. He was physically fit, and he did have like that adrenaline rush, but he wasn't like inhuman. You know what I mean? Everything he yeah. did was manageable. Um, for what a normal human being in, around this time probably could have done. So, yeah, I mean, so far, I mean, based on what I've said so far, you could probably tell I enjoyed the film for the most part. I I've obviously it had its cheese from the '80s. It's an '80s slasher film. It's going to have some cheese, um, but really it was kind of it was really kind of fucked up if you really think about it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I I very much enjoyed it. I have I have seen this movie. It's been a long time, so I I didn't remember a lot about it honestly. Uh, Like you said, a lot of times Christmas horror just blurs together because there's how much can you do? Right. I mean, there's a guy that's dressed as Santa or there's a whatever or it's or it's Krampus or it's a Jack Frost or it's there's only so many tropes you can go with. But this one. This one did it very, very well, because. Like you said, the backstory was great, and a lot of times it's hard to balance. Giving a good, solid backstory, and some movies go too much, right? They they yeah. they, they try to explain too much. This one I thought did it really, really well. It, it had that there was clearly the trigger of the Santa that killed his parents, right? Yeah. That so that it set that up, but then it it doubled down with the, okay, he got by that, and the kid was not bad. He was not doing anything wrong that any other little kid would do, right? He was, Brian. he was, he was polite. He was trying to obey. He had some curiosity, but he, he it was as the very stern the, the the quote unquote stereotypical strict nun, right? That uh that was uh, was very hard on him, right? And and everything else and was abusive. And then um, I love how this movie because it was it was very very easy that it could have got cheesy about it, but I love how this movie triggered with that word, the naughty word, right? Because the grandpa told him that Santa punishes those that are naughty. So anytime and it kept playing back, right? The nun would say, well, they were very naughty and they shouldn't have been. So that, that word kept, it kept impounding in him that if you're naughty, you should be punished. And that in the end, that's what he was doing in his mind. He was punishing those who were naughty and that who's those who had wronged him. Um, I mean, the you know, he killed the guy and, and like I said, he and before I get that, there there's also that, how did he get the guy in a Santa suit, right? Sometimes that's weird and, 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 and very forced. I love how they did this because again, this guy was just trying to be a good dude. He was trying to work hard for this guy yep. in, in this store and help, um, side note, I loved the store he worked in it brought back so many memories because I kept seeing all the eighties toys on the shelves <laughs> and stuff. I saw, I mean, I saw GI Joe. I saw Smurfs. I saw star Wars. I was flooded with memories there. It was great, but he was just trying to work hard and be a good employee for this. Right. The, the guy that was his boss in the stock room was like drinking and doing all this. And he was like, no, you, you know, I'm not doing that. You know, Oh, you should watch how you talk. All this, he was trying to be a good guy. So the guy, needed him to fill in for Santa and he did it right because he was trying to be the model employee and trying to be the team player. And that's when you could see it was starting to trigger, starting to tension. And, you know, and uh, I love how they thought he was really good with the kids, but really all he was doing was threatening them. Yeah. And, um, but then when he, like when he kills that first guy, his boss in the stock room, he really did it defending the girl that he kind of had the crush on because let's be, let's be, Let's be real. That guy was fucking cringe and he was trying to rape that woman. And he came in and now, of course, he took it to the extreme and he killed the guy. But he was just defending the girl. And then it really just kind of unraveled from there. Right. She she went off on him because she freaked out. So he killed her. And then he it just it went from there. It all was building where you knew it was going to happen. Right. He was going to try to go back to the orphanage. That's where. That's where it was it was leading and I loved I loved how the police <laughs> were mistaking other people in in Santa <laughs> costumes because they didn't know right they saw the one guy climbing in the window and thought it was uh, him and it was just a guy you know trying to surprise his daughter which by the way, the guy in that scene where he was climbing in the window for his daughter, that guy that played that Santa uh, played Michael Myers I think in Halloween five I can't remember his name. But uh, he was okay. the actor who played Michael Martin. Yeah, I think it was a Halloween five, I believe. And then like later, they end up shooting the guy at, outside the orphanage because they thought it was him. And actually, even the little brother thought it was him when he saw him coming and uh, and everything else. But um, I thought the movie was great. I loved the ending where he again, like you said, there was nothing superhuman about him. He was shot and he died. And uh, but I like how at the end it triggered the little brother. And the little brother said naughty and um if 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 anybody has seen the sequel, they realize the little brother is kind of the villain from there in that and on out, so uh, I love the movie. I thought it was fun, I thought it was it was, like I, it, like you said, it had a little cheese, it had a little bit of that eighties feel, but it didn't go over the top with it where you had to kind of roll your eyes at it. I think yeah. it walked the line really well to where it was it was suspenseful. It, it had you know the good kill scenes, but it had some of that fun aspect that 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 made it enjoyable to watch. Um, I I will definitely rewatch this more often, probably every year. Uh, fully enjoyed it. I think it's one of the better uh, holiday Christmas horror movies that I have seen. And uh, and here lately, I've been watching quite a few, and uh, <laughs> I, again, I, I I very very much enjoyed it, um, and I thought it did a very very good job. I think it's a shame that it had all the controversy about it. And a lot of the actors and, and crew and everything have, have always said that if they had just. If they had just done the marketing and advertising differently, where it wasn't focused on the Santa, but it was just focused on just the bill, more Billy, the person yeah. that it could have been different. Because what would have happened if this thing had uh, had, had got a full theat- theatrical run and how much money would it have made? What would it have done from there? I mean, if, you know, who knows what it, what what could have happened? Because it was it was. It was performing well, so it's kind of a shame, but, you know, it's it's yeah, we still have it. It's still there. (laughs) Uh, And again, I I fully enjoy it. So I got a five screams. What would you give Silent Night, Deadly Night?
1: Uh, You know, I'm going to use a slightly different scale. I'm
0: going to give it three point five
1: deaf Santas being shot in the back out of five.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Deadly Santas. Uh, We we may have to come up with the 12 days of Christmas (laughs) to fit uh, Christmas horror. (laughs) <laughs> um, but I agree. I agree. I think 3.5 is where I'm at too. Um, I'm, 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 i very, very tempted to go for, because I just, I enjoyed yeah. it so much, but I thought, you know, I, I just, I don't, I don't think I can put it on the level of what we have put some of the, the, the four screen movies so far. Uh, but it's definitely higher than a, just an average run of the mill three for me. So I agree. It's a 3.5 and that is a very, very strong 3.5 for me. Uh, I actually, yeah. I, I loved the movie. I thought it was great.
1: It honestly, and obviously, I don't want to dwell on too much, but I think that out of all the horror movies I've seen, this one lays the foundation of like some why, like, some of the motivations in some of these movies are just bullshit. It is what it is. But if I had to say, like, he was justified, I'm going to honestly say that within reason Billy was justified in losing his shit. I mean, like I've never watched a movie where like, I almost sympathize with a serial killer. You know what I mean? Like you you, you empathize with him. You're like this dude, literally he's being as a kid. He sees his parents get murdered. He goes into the orphanage. He's beaten mercilessly by mother superior. And then he is emotionally traumatized repeatedly by having to experience Christmas over and over and it's just it doesn't it's, it's no surprise he snapped and
0: it just it makes sense. It, it does uh, the to me the some of the best villains a villain has to in their mind have to believe what they're doing is is the right thing, yeah. it is the proper thing. And here's the thing if I if I were told the story of Billy here, and so in the in the in the context of a new story that something that happened in the real world I'd I'd believe it. Yeah, I would totally believe it. Um, if, if you know that that a guy that killed killed these people and it went to trial, they and they did all this background and exploration and whatever else, and found out that he, you know, had this tragic, you know, thing with his parents and this, you know, rough upbringing. I, you know what? That I'm. It happens. I'm not, you know, not justifying people, you know, whatever it might be. But that's this is how killers have. You know, they, it does. There's triggers, and there's typically something in their past that lays that foundation uh, for them to do that. So I think it's very believable and, yeah. and I, and I like that. And, um, you know, and, and that, you know, that's not knocking, you know, a, a good supernatural slasher, uh, with the gun. but again, sometimes that goes too far. Right. And it's, you know, and, and it's nice, almost refreshing to see a slasher with the killer who's again, so believable and and that you would, uh, you know, you, you. I'm not. I don't want to say relate. That's not what I mean. But you know that you can. Uh, uh, I don't know that you could believe it happening, and and not saying, oh, you know that that would never happen. That's too much. Because um, like you said, all the kills and everything he did, there was nothing. There was nothing superhuman, or something that this really fit. You know, whatever he was, 18 year old g- kid could do. Um, you know, he didn't take you know six shots and keep moving and and everything else. When he was shot, he was <laughs> dead. So, right. And uh, again, I'm not knocking that per se, but like I said, it's it's it is refreshing to kind of see the the other side of the coin on one of the movies. So uh, I I very much liked it. And especially when a lot of times Christmas horror play into that that magic element a lot, that Christmas magic, you know, the Santa magic. And and, you know, I don't know, you could very easily see a a Christmas horror movie taking this and. Spinning it into the oh he's really Santa or some stupid something stupid yeah. <laughs> like that or I don't know you know sometimes they get a little out of control and uh, yeah I very much enjoyed it so uh, three and a half screams or whatever you said uh, Deadly Santa's <laughs> rating for us three three and a half out of five uh, we both highly recommend it and like we said next week we are going to review Christmas Bloody Christmas that is coming out December 9th on Shudder. And uh, Skin of Marink, which is not coming out till January, but we uh, are fortunate enough to have a screener uh, viewing for that. So we're going to review those two movies next week. So, Ike, before we close up and get out of here, anything you want to add here at the end?
1: You know, um, if you see a Santa on the side of the road this Christmas on the way back from visiting your senile father, probably just leave him. Just leave him.
0: Yeah. Just, just pull around and keep going. Right. Don't yeah. don't. Don't, you know, you just don't stop. Don't you're you're doing the right thing here because nobody wants to grow up to be a Billy. Um, True. So So thank you for listening and wherever you do, make sure you subscribe. And like we said earlier, follow us on social media and uh, interact with us. Uh, We we like the interaction. It's uh, that's what we want. We want the little feedback from all you guys. So until next episode, wherever you go and whatever you do. Be good, be safe, and have many pleasant nightmares.